Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Boardwalk Real Estate Investment Trust for Quarter 2020 Earnings Conference Call. At this time, all lines are in listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. If at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. This call is being recorded on February 26, 2020. I would now like to turn the conference over to Mr. James Ha. Please go ahead. Thank you, Anis, and welcome to the Boardwalk REIT 2020 fourth quarter results conference call. With me here today is Sam Colius, Chief Executive Officer, Lisa Smadnich, Chief Financial Officer, and Lisa Russell, Senior Vice President of Corporate Development. Note that this call is being broadly disseminated by way of webcast. If you have not already done so, please visit bwalk.com investors, where you will find a link to today's uh, presentation, financial statements, MD&A, as well as supplemental information package. Starting on slide two, we'd like to remind our listeners that certain statements in this call and presentation may be considered forward-looking statements. Although the expectations set forth in such statements are based on reasonable assumptions, Boardwalk's future operation and its actual performance may differ materially from those in any forward-looking statements. Information that could cause actual results to differ materially from these statements are detailed in Boardwalk's publicly filed documents. I would like to now turn the call over to Sam Colius. Thank you, James, and thank you, everyone, for joining us this morning. Leading with care and integrity, Boardwalk's top priority remains the health and safety of both our resident members and our Boardwalk team of heroes who continue to adapt, evolve, and emerge through this pandemic environment. We remain committed to providing our essential service of safe, affordable housing in all our markets and are so grateful and proud of our team who have been rewarded with record high resident satisfaction scores which in turn have delivered resilient and growing FFO results for our unit holders, a virtuous circle. Coming together with all hands on deck, with safety always in mind, we are moving the COVID-19 mountain, especially with vaccinations on the way. Slide four demonstrates our most impressive FFO per unit growth of 6.6%, including retirement costs, 9.3%, excluding them. Our FFO per unit remains the highest in the Canadian multifamily REIT sector. Slide five provides a summary of CMHC's recently released occupancy and average rental rate data compared to Boardwalk's portfolio in our core markets. Boardwalk, represented by the blue bars, outperforms in both metrics in our core markets. Building better communities continues to be at the heart of what we do and Boardwalk remains the choice housing provider in all our markets. Slide six illustrates some key operational metrics. Our team continues to optimize our revenues, balancing occupancy, occupied rent, and the use of incentives. Occupancy has seen a percentage decrease, a reflection of seasonality, and the second wave of lockdowns in in our core markets. Our occupied rents have continued to increase. Our rent Rentals this year 
have outpaced our move-outs, and our trend for March is for rising occupancy, as it has been over the last three years, as per slide 40 in our appendix. Next slide 7 highlighted our new and renewal lease spreads, the precursor to average occupied rents. Our revenue optimization strategy through the current environment continues to focus on retention. New leasing spreads have gradually improved from the onset of the pandemic with increased lead generation. With our current high occupancy and the lifting of rental rate restrictions, Boardwalk has reintroduced sustainable discount reductions on our renewals and continue to see success targeting inflationary adjustments. With approximately 60 to 70% of Boardwalk's lease activity in the form of renewals, these sustainable discount reductions will provide a resilience and growth in optimizing Boardwalk's revenue to offset increasing non-controllable expenses. Incentives for new leases are being offset with an increase in occupancy we are now experiencing in the first quarter. Slide eight, Boardwalk's portfolio of well-located affordable homes provide an exceptional value proposition for current and future resident members. Of Boardwalk's 33,000 apartment units, approximately 62% are based in Alberta, 11% in Saskatchewan, with each of these provinces providing exceptional affordability with multi-decade low rents as a percentage of incomes creating an opportunity for incentives to be reduced further to help offset increasing non-controllable expenses. Ontario and Quebec represent 27% of Boardwalk's communities, providing exceptional affordable average rents as well with opportunity for future revenue growth. Slide nine, Boardwalk's product diversification captures a much wider audience of resident members' needs, increasing the overall demand for Boardwalk communities. We provide three different branded communities, Boardwalk Living, Affordable Value, Boardwalk Communities, Enhanced Value, and Boardwalk Lifestyle, Affordable Luxury. Currently, we have approximately 6% lifestyle, 44% communities, and 50% living suites across our portfolio. Each brand provides exceptional value at each price point grounded on some of the most affordable rents in Canada. Slide 10 through 13 highlight our most recent rebrand communities completed in 2020 with targeted rental rate adjustments. To date, we have completed approximately 34% of our total portfolio common area and amenity improvements, as well as 23% of total suite improvements. Our design team, in-house renovation team, and contractor partners moved mountains on renovating 23 community common areas last year. Well done, team. Slide 11. Our design, asset management, and operations teams work closely to strategically identify each community rebrand or refresh. Our focus is to continue to deliver the best product, optimizing our capital allocation for our value-add program to our targeted resident member demographics so we can continue to provide the most exceptional, elevated experience at an affordable price. The result is increased market demand, exceptional value, and appealing returns with sustainable market rental adjustments. We have highlighted Richmond Towers in Calgary and both Southgate Towers 
and Tower Hill in Edmonton as most recent completions that have continued during the COVID-19 environment. Slide 12 showcases more of our value-add capital program rebrand communities. Three communities in Edmonton, the Palisades, Terrace Tower, and Northridge Estates, as well as one community in Calgary, Oak Hill Estates, with modest exterior, lobby amenity, and experience center upgrades, unveiling a tremendous improvement in both aesthetics and resident member experience. Slide 13 continues on our value-add capital program rebrand features in Regina, Calgary, and Edmonton. Slide 14 and 15 illustrates actual returns on two renovations we had completed approximately a year ago, providing actual stabilized average in-place rent relative to comparable communities where renovation dollars were not invested. Our Wimbledon community in Edmonton and our Carleton Tower community in Saskatoon are delivering a 10.4 and 9% yield on renovation costs, well above our 8% stabilized target. Our results continue to reflect the success of the re-engineering of our service, product quality, diversity and experience led by our design team and executed by our entire team's all hands on deck approach. Thank you to our entire Boardwalk team. We would like to now pass the call on to Lisa Smandich, who will provide us with an overview of our financial results. Lisa? Thank you, Sam. On slide 16, the trust delivered strong FFO and AFFO growth, with FFO increasing by 6.6% from $32.2 million to $34.3 million for the three months ended December 31, 2020. AFFO increased by 14.1% from $26.1 million to $29.7 million using an annualized maintenance capex estimate of $596 per apartment unit. For the year ended December 31, 2020, FFO increased 6.7% from $131 million to $139.7 million, while AFFO increased 12.1% from $106.9 million to $119.9 million. Included in our year-end FFO and AFFO results is approximately $33.7 million for retirement costs. Slide 17 summarized the trust's monthly revenue collections from its resident members for 2020 and January of 2021. Please note, collections are reported for the calendar month only and do not include revenue collected in subsequent months. 98.4% of January revenue was collected in January which is consistent with the trust historic run rate. Though varying by province, city, and site, prior to 2020, the trust historic bad debt expense was between 1% and 1.1% of total revenue. For the year ended December 31, 2020, bad debt expense was 1.3% of total revenue. During COVID and up to today, Boardwalk has offered its resident members a deferral program for those who can demonstrate financial hardship. As at the end of January, there were approximately 30 participants in this program which is down from 100 participants at the end of July. Additionally, the total deferred balance was approximately 24,000 at the end of January, also down from the 85,000 at the end of July. Slide 18 provides a summary of Boardwalk's available liquidity. The trust is well positioned with approximately 70 million in cash and subsequently funded financing, as well as an undrawn $199 million operating line. This approximate 269 million in liquidity provides the trust with a flexible financial position in the current environment 
as well as providing the ability to take advantage of opportunities as they present themselves and as visibility improves. Slide 19 illustrates BoardWalk's mortgage maturity schedule. Our mortgages are well staggered with approximately 99% of our mortgage balance carrying NHA insurance through the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation. This insurance remains in effect for the full amortization of the mortgage and in addition to carrying the Government of Canada's backing, provides access to low-cost financing with current estimated 5- and 10-year CMHC rates of 1.3% and 2.1% respectively. The trust debt metrics continue to improve with an interest coverage of 2.79 in the current quarter. The summary of our 2020 mortgage maturities is presented on slide 20. Boardwalk took advantage of the current low interest environment to renew, forward lock, as well as secure additional up financing from our mortgage portfolio. In 2020, we renewed $310.5 million, as well as secured $184.9 million in new financing, all at record low interest rates taking our, maturity, our maturing interest rate down by 90 basis points from 2.54% to 1.64%. Slide 21 summarizes our progress on our 2021 mortgage maturities. To date, we have renewed or forward locked approximately 21% of our 2021 mortgage maturities, as well as secured $16.5 million in new financing at record low interest rates, highlighted by some recently completed completed financing at interest rates just over 1%. Current underwriting criteria in our most recent submissions to CMHC and our lenders has remained in line with our historically conservative estimates. I would now like to turn the call to Lisa Russell, who will provide an update on our investments. Thank you, Lisa. Slide 22 provides a brief update on our current and future development projects, which provides progression toward our long-term strategy of geographic diversification and high-grading our portfolio. 45 Railroad in Brampton, Ontario is the trust's only development project currently under construction. Work on the two-tower, 365-unit project continues to move forward on time and on budget. We anticipate the first tower to be delivered in late 2022. Both the underground parkade and podium structures are complete, with work now focusing on tower portions. The partnership is nearing its 40% equity requirement and will be moving into the construction financing facility, which will fund the remaining construction costs. The Mississauga, Ontario development site, which Boardwalk holds a 50% interest in, continues through the rezoning process. We estimate rezoning to occur in the summer of 2021. In addition to our eastern development projects, the, the Trust has two future development sites in Victoria, BC. Rental fundamentals in this market have remained strong throughout 2020, with low vacancy rates and demand outpacing the supply of rental housing. These two prime development sites give Boardwalk a solid foothold in this high-growth market. The Victoria site, Eagle's Nest, is located in the growing municipality of View Royal. This land was purchased in Q4 2020 for $14 million and has zoning in place for approximately 250 rental units. This prime site is located near Victoria General Hospital, as well as a large retail plaza and provides quick access to both downtown Victoria and Langford. Work on permitting is currently underway for a potential 2022 construction start. The second Victoria site, the Cardall Lands, is an assembly of 14 residential lots in the gentrifying municipality of Esquimalt and was acquired for a total of $14.8 million. Located across from the newly developed Esquimalt Town Square and Recreation Centre, 
This prime development site will provide new rental housing in a growing and undersupplied market. Planning and entitlement work is underway and we anticipate rezoning to be completed in 2021. These two sites provide the opportunity for Boardwalk to utilize its past experience and success in building accretive, low-rise developments. The Trust is excited to bring Boardwalk's brand of unique design and affordability to Victoria while creating value for the Trust in our proven low-rise development program. We will continue to progress through rezoning, entitlement, and the design of all of our new development projects in 2021. For clarity, the Trust will not begin any new construction in 2021. Slide 23 shows several transactions that occurred throughout 2020 in our core markets of Edmonton and Calgary. Though 2020 saw a decline in transaction volume compared to 2019, the resiliency of the multifamily sector continues to attract investment, leading to stable valuations despite economic uncertainty caused by COVID-19. Low interest rates high energy prices, higher energy prices, rental rate growth potential from a base of strong affordability and exceptional value relative to increasing replacement and construction costs are leading to an increase in investment activity in Edmonton and Calgary. These most recent low-rise suburban transactions have traded at per-door valuations well above the implied valuation of Boardwalk's high-quality, well-located portfolio. I would now like to turn the call over to James. Thanks, Lisa. Expanding on Lisa's comments, slide 24 further illustrates the exceptional value Boardwalk's current trading price represents when extrapolating the implied cap rate based on the Trust's current trailing financial results. The slide utilizes our reported NOI to illustrate implied valuation on a cap rate and per apartment door basis. Boardwalk's current trading price implies an attractive 5.6% cap rate on these most recent results. Trust resilient NOI performance through 2020 is highlighted on slide 25. Boardwalk's resident-friendly approach has provided for steady revenue growth through 2020. Despite increases in non-controllable operating expenses, Boardwalk's focus on innovating controllable expenses provided a significant offset, leading to portfolio operating expense increase of just 50 and 20 basis points for the fourth quarter and full year respectively. Sequential revenue in the fourth quarter declined in our Alberta market primarily due to increased vacancy. Looking at current availability for the month of February, new rentals have exceeded turnover and with lower availability are seeing occupancies improving. As shown on slide 26, each of Boardwalk's core markets present unique opportunities to continue on our trend of organic growth. Our Alberta and Saskatchewan portfolios provide an opportunity to gain on occupancy while targeting sustainable incentive reductions on lease renewals. Our affordable and high-value offering Ontario and Quebec markets remain near full occupancy. Trust continues to focus on achieving sustainable AGI increases for community improvements and optimizing rental rates when units turn over. Just a $25 adjustment in our monthly average in-place rent or a 2% improvement to our occupancy each equate to approximately $0.20 in annual FFO per unit and represents a significant growth opportunity over the near and long term as we continue to optimize our revenue and NOI. Slide 27 reflects on our performance through 2020, one of the most uncertain economic periods of our time. Through it, our competitive advantage and resident-friendly approach was rewarded with resilience and growth through optimization of our NOI, delivering 3.7% same property growth. 
Our commitment to market-leading product quality and service allowed us to continue to invest in both suite and common area renovation projects that are targeting solid, stabilized returns. Our strong balance sheet paired with non-core asset sales allowed us to take advantage of our steady geographic growth plans by accretively acquiring assets to expand our Kitchener and Waterloo portfolio while also entering the Victoria market. Record low interest rates provided for a significant tailwind as we renewed loans near and below 1%, providing a reduction of interest expense going forward. Overall, this resulted in 6.6% growth in one of our key performance metrics of FFO per unit. Looking forward, some uncertainties related to this pandemic remain, and as a result, the Trust will continue to provide regular operational updates to our shareholders in lieu of financial guidance to begin the year. As vaccinations progress and both economic and border restrictions ease, this will provide more detail needed to guide the extent of our growth rate for the year. Our outlook for 2021 remains cautiously optimistic with the resilience of our essential service of affordable housing and the persistence of our performance-focused team. We look forward to sharing updates on our progress and our continued performance through this new year and, and would like to open up the phone line for questions. Operator. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press the star followed by the one on your touchstone phone. You will hear three tone problem acknowledging requests. Questions will be taken in the order received. Should you wish to withdraw your request, please press the star followed by the two. If you are using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. One moment, please, before your first question. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The first question comes from Jonathan Keller with TD. Jonathan, your line is now open. Thanks. Uh, good morning. Morning, Jonathan. Morning. Um, for, first question, just on the um revenue growth for for 2021 and, and i understand that you're, you're not giving guidance but if, if we just look at some of the stuff that that makes it up um on renewals it looks like you're you're trending you've trended towards two percent is, is that something you you think you can move higher back to where you you were at the the beginning the four percent or so you were at the beginning of 2020 over the course well, of right this year? now yeah right now we um are seeing exactly what we've seen over the last three years. And slide 40, our apologies for uh, sticking that in the appendix. Um, uh, slide 40 really uh, describes uh, what's happened over the last three years and really important to look at rentals, which are much higher than move outs. And, and so our availability is dropping and as soon as our availability drops and our new residents move in, because our residents typically don't move in the same day they, they apply for an apartment and get approved. So it takes a little bit of time for our residents to move in. And as per slide 40, that occupancy increases as our residents move in that we've rented. Right now, uh, uh, we're uh, below 4% availability. 
uh, as of today, uh, it's it's closer to three and a half percent as of today. Uh, the trend, uh, as our availability drops, our incentive for new rentals uh, will drop as well. And so it's a it's a direct function as to the supply of new rentals that we have. So the good news is that the trend that's in place right now will allow us to reduce incentives for new uh, new rentals even further. The math uh, on a new rental is is much more positive to increase occupancy than to uh, worry about and focus on uh, another $50 of incentive or $30, $40 of incentive. So the gain we, re we realize on occupancy is much higher than whatever um, uh, additional incentive adjustment that we have to make. And, and so that, that is, is what we're seeing as we speak. Just to add to Sam's comments there, Jonathan, yeah, we're seeing, we continue to see success with uh, renewals today. I mean, we're, our team is targeting $20, $30, $40 adjustments uh, on our lease renewals. And to Sam's point, as occupancy continues to improve, that's really going to position us coming out of the pandemic to get back to uh, those incentive reductions that we had targeted prior to the pandemic, uh, equating to about half a month or one month reduction or that 4% that you were referring to. Uh, Jonathan, we were on a conference call with the Alberta Business Council members of several CEOs in Alberta, and one of the CEOs of um, TransAlta Energy is an economist by uh, training, shared with everybody on the phone. Alberta in February isn't uh, typically a peak energy demand month, and in February we peaked and went over any other energy consumption the province has ever, ever consumed. Energy is a real leading indicator of economic activity. And, and the CEO of, of TransAlta shared that with everybody on the line. And, and as, 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 as there's a lot of negativity out there and, and the sentiment is, is still very concerning uh, for Alberta, there are facts like uh, a record energy use that we are using in our province, our core province, that uh, has in the past been a leading ec economic indicator. Okay, that's, uh, that, that is very helpful. Um, the second question, just on, on your renovation program, um, 2020 you, you were actually able to do more individual units than you were in 2019, which is, which is uh, pretty impressive given COVID. Were you, were you slowed down at all by COVID in, in 2020? And, and what do you think you can do in terms of the number of units in, in 2021? Yeah, we really have to uh, give credit to our team of heroes who, whose shoulders we stand. Uh, no, we were not slowed down uh, by COVID. And, and coming together with all, all hands on deck, uh, we moved another mountain. And and really focused on partial renovations as well. And that's, that's a, a reason uh, we are able to renovate more units because we focus more on affordability. The demand for affordable units is increasing. And the demand for affordable housing is increasing. And we're seeing that in our numbers. And, and so we're focusing in on affordability right now. And when the economy comes back and, and and the vaccines are, are rolled out and schools come back uh, in the fall, 
our our demand will increase even more and and we'll see even better results and get back to uh a new normal as 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 it unfolds okay so if you did roughly 1600 suites last year is that a, a number to sort of think about for this year it's it's really hard to say uh you know we've got the same budget for suite renovations so it it should be very similar so our our budget for this year is very similar to what it was last year, and we expect a similar amount of units uh, to turn and to renovate. Okay. So Thanks. it will be flat. Uh, yeah. Flat. Oh, okay. Thanks. I'll uh, turn it back. Thanks. Thank you. We have a following question from Matt Logan with RBC. Matt, please go ahead. Thank you, and good morning. Good morning, Matt. In terms of your oak performance relative to some of the CMHC stats for your respective markets, what do you think the key factors are in, you know, driving that uh, as operating results? A long time ago, we shared in conference calls the key leading indicator for growth in in rental um, revenues is affordability, and and we we saw this many years ago and shared this, uh, the key driver is affordability. Uh, we sat on the affordable housing uh, panel uh, for the province of Alberta, and, and the, 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 the data is very clear. There is a growing demand uh, for affordability, and, and we're seeing that in our rentals and, and in our performance. So that's our focus, is to continue to deliver affordable uh, amazing uh, uh, homes that folks can 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 live in. We were in British Columbia the other day, and 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 we have to share a, a conversation. BC is doing really really well, by the way, and it's growing, and the population uh, is growing there. We're in a restaurant, and, and uh, almost uh, very close to one another, uh, uh, shielded by plexiglass, of course, and we couldn't help but hear a conversation next to us is. I can't believe the rents are $2,000 for a two-bedroom. And, and it just caught our ears, and I thought, wow. You know, of all the things that, that we would hear somebody talk about, and pardon, we were eavesdropping, but it was so loud. It was, it was a big, wow, we're shocked that this, well, our rents are under $1,200 for typically a two-bedroom unit. Where else can Canadians come and move to them, please, if you have any friends that are looking for affordable apartments, <laughs> send them to Alberta. That's the solution for affordable housing and Saskatchewan. There is a solution. And it's, and it's a beautiful place, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I appreciate the color. Um, maybe changing gears to your same property revenue and NOI growth in Ontario and Quebec. Can you talk about the sustainability of the you know, what we see in Q4, like does that trend continue into 2021? Yeah, you, you, you know, Matt, you're hitting on some key words. Uh, affordability and last question, sustainability. What a key word that is. And and we've taken a similar approach in Ontario and Quebec as we have in Alberta and Saskatchewan in the past. Our average rents in both those provinces are well below our peers, by the way. And so we've been taking a very sustainable conservative approach and continuing to serve and deliver affordability in, in both those provinces that are 
that have been experiencing much higher stress uh, in the in the rental markets. Now, on the high end across the country, we've seen the data, and that reflects that there is a softening in the higher price rentals. There's clearly enough supply for higher price rentals. And, and the data reflects more supply than demand because vacancy has increased most in the higher end. In Ontario and Quebec, like anywhere else in the country, affordability is key as well. And so we're taking a sustainable approach with a really low average in place rents of Ontario and Quebec. The question of is this sustainable and, and those two absolutely is the answer. Absolutely is the answer. And maybe last one for me. When you think about your priorities and growing in Eastern Canada, like how should we think about potential capital recycling uh, this year? So on a forward-looking basis, um, just, just to give some color to the market, since September we've seen a lot of deal flow. Um, and moving into 2021, um, we continue to see the pipeline increase. Some notable transactions, and we are actively underwriting right now, um, specific to markets that we've been active in in the past, call it 24 months. Uh, but we are seeing small deals and larger portfolios, and we're actually really excited about the remaining part of 2021. Now, would that be mostly just to focus on potential acquisitions, or would there be some dispositions uh, as well? So um, we have uh, marketed some three Edmonton products, uh, three Edmonton assets, and we have two of them under contract right now. Be happy to report back next quarter on those two transactions. We're seeing a lot of investment um, interest in Alberta, and it's it's picking up, and the phones are the phones are ringing. And so on the acquisition side, it'll be um, yeah out east in in BC, and yeah we're looking at some some. Um, transactions in Edmonton right now? Buyers uh, are private for the most part, very successful private operators uh, and counter-cyclical um, operators that are private families and extremely um, uh, successful and have an impeccable track record at picking market bottoms. And it was great news to get a call from from one of those families the other day asking for a large portfolio in Alberta, we, we were very happy to, to receive that call. But again, we're, we're busier than we've ever been. Uh, we talked about that last quarter. We continue to uh, be busier than we've ever uh, been seeing much more deal flow. And it's an exciting, uh, exciting time and exciting opportunities that we're seeing both on, on the uh, acquisitions and disposition opportunities. I appreciate the commentary. Thank you very much. I'll turn the call back. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. We have a following question from Mike Mercedes with Desjardins. Mike, please go ahead. Hi, everybody. Um, two for me this morning. Um, first one would just be on the cost side. One of the things for this year has been uh, your ability to really drive a lot of efficiencies through your OPEX line and through DNA. And I'm just wondering if you could, on both of those fronts, talk to to steal a word from Mr. Logan, the sustainability of that, or were there any sort of anomalous factors that would have suppressed those numbers this year? Hi, it's Lisa Smandich. Um, so certainly looking at our controllable expenses, um, as you know, as you mentioned, the focus really has been on, on our headcount. 
And so we're probably at a level where we're happy with our headcount. So right now, we are still focused on trying to bring those expenses down and working as hard as we can to keep doing that, focusing largely on technology initiatives, so things like our YooHoo platform, digital leasing, virtual showings, um, also focusing on just maintaining that headcount at an appropriate level. That obviously will be subject to some inflationary pressure just as we move forward. Uh, same thing for the, uh, the administrative side. Um, again, we focused on our headcount in 2020 and have seen a lot of efficiencies there. Um, again, looking at technology from an administrative side, uh, what software can we use, changes in some of those platforms to see if those can bring forth efficiencies. But again, we're probably, hopefully we can sort of keep that administration cost sort of flat year over year. But again, looking for any efficiencies that we can keep bringing. I think the answer is no, but you guys didn't have any. No. I didn't catch the full question. Wage subsidy. Is that, sorry, sorry. is that the question? Yeah. You kinda... No, no, we just think a couple of uh, uh, not apartment groups, but there's some stuff You're really cutting out on us. We can't hear your question. Okay, is that better? Much yeah. better. Okay, sorry. Uh, closer to my uh, my phone here. Um, sorry, some others have, have noted that they benefited to a small degree from wage subsidies, so I just wanted to confirm that wasn't the case for you guys, which it wasn't. Okay, and then the last one for me, Sam, in the past, you've talked about um, Grand Prairie specifically, and, and maybe sometimes Red Deer as being canaries in a coal mine in terms of leading indicators. And just, just looking at the last two quarters, those markets have been uh, on the revenue side quite weak. So I was wondering if you could just talk to the dynamic there and um, if that, uh, you know, how, how, you, how you, if at all, read through that into uh, what could be happening uh, in other markets in Alberta. Those markets are improving as well. And, and we are seeing uh, the same uh, as we're seeing in our core markets. Uh, rentals are higher than move-outs. In both those markets, and so that that's and actually, uh, Fort Mac, the uh, the Grand uh, Canary in the coal mine, is is doing really well. Uh, uh, almost um, you know 98 percent occupancy uh, or um, a two percent availability, two to three percent availability uh, towards month ends. And so it uh, is is uh, 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 encouraging. Uh, rental data that we're seeing in those markets. Okay, uh, that's it for me. Congrats on uh, on such a strong year in uh, in a very uh, odd time. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Your next question comes from Matt Cornack with National Bank. Matt, please go ahead. Hi guys, uh, just a, a quick follow-up on, on Mike's line of questioning there, and, and I did notice that Fort Mac was kind of went from 94% occupancy beginning of last year to 97% as at Q1. Sounds like it improved further. Uh, I, I know historically you've said you don't house energy workers per se, given that they tend to make a lot of money and own homes. Uh, but how do you think about the improvement of the energy markets uh, from a WTI standpoint with regards to employment across Alberta more generally? Well, Matt, that's a good question. And God, we trust and everybody else bring data. So the data is quite uh, 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 quite strong in reflecting uh, our shortage and supplies um, being concerning. Um, you know, the... Um, the use of energy uh, continues. Uh, energy is everything. 
for all the science uh, fans out there. And uh, the big focus in Alberta, and, and it was great, again, to share a call with uh, um, uh, so many CEOs on the line. The focus in Alberta is really clean energy. That's the key word. And, and we truly are a world leader in clean energy. And the more the world focuses in on, on clean and environmental sustainability, um, you know, the more, the more um, uh, is going to be invested. We had a call from the new CEO of a, a Alberta Development uh, CEO. He's getting bombarded by sovereign funds, by large investment bankers calling and saying, hey, Alberta's the cleanest. It's where we want to be. How do we get there? Who do we talk with? How do we invest back in Alberta? That was a great great uh, 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 message that that CEO shared with everybody on the line today. And I hope I'm not sharing secrets, but, uh, but, but it, was, it was a great call to be on. It's, you know, it's very, very encouraging uh, to see um, Alberta turn around. We also were on the line with the two CEOs of the unicorns because everybody believes in flying horses and, and uh, um, uh, unicorns where there's multi-billion dollars in value and uh, Benevity and um, ShareWorks, phenomenal and profitable, uh, amazing uh, companies, billion-dollar unicorns here in Calgary, uh, talked about how great uh, Calgary is once you get here and, and how we really have to focus in on Canada. Um, Marco, the CEO of, of, of uh, ShareWorks, said, it's about what's great for Canada because let's face it, folks, Canada is an amazing place to be. And when we lift up ourselves as Canadians, first and foremost, it'll get better for Alberta and for Calgary and Edmonton and everybody. And, and what an inspiring CEO Marco is to focus in on lifting everybody up. And it's no coincidence, his company is a multi-billion dollar success. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, one other follow-up question. I guess the provincial government put out a, a budget uh, yesterday. Um, I, I don't know. I'm sure you guys have looked at it in more detail than I have, but if you could provide any commentary as to what you think it does for your business. Sounds like you aren't going to see a tax increase, which is nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, just in terms of jobs growth, I know there was some focus on infrastructure spending, but at the same time, uh, government uh, efficiencies. So, so thoughts there. Yeah, the, you know, the, the, the big headline was the deficit. Um, and let's, let's um, I guess, share some thought with the deficit and in that um, – Fiscal and monetary policy has changed dramatically with quantitative easing, and I'm sorry I'm getting into economics here. It's important, though, because the question is, is a, a conservative fiscal policy of the past something that is relevant with nations, the biggest nations, with record uh, deficits and uh, record uh, continued growth of of, uh, of, of um, um, uh, of debt capital, uh, you know, is is it uh, is it uh, an inspiration to see companies spend on innovation, spend and invest in technology 
and, and are other countries great examples who are spending record amounts of capital on, on in, uh, investment in technology and innovation? Is that an inspiration for not just Alberta, but for Canada? And, and, and how can we look at these other big growth nations and learn from what others are doing? And how can we compete if we do not invest in our, in our companies, in our people, and in our, in, uh, in our technology, innovation, and infrastructure? How are we going to compete as a nation? But I'm going to end right there because I'm way off topic. Uh, that's, <laughs> no worries. I don't I know if you know what I'm Appreciate no, 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 fair enough. Uh, it, it's uh, it was a bit of a broad question, anyways. But uh, it sounds like I mean, it's better to have a deficit and employ people and and put money into infrastructure uh, from right. a housing how, standpoint. How can we compete if we don't? Is the question. Like, like look around. It's all relative. Everything is relative. We that you know for all the science fans out there, that that's another really important. Um, fact to know. It's the law of relativity, and, and uh, we've got to keep in mind what everybody else is doing to keep relevant. Okay. No, thanks, guys. Uh, appreciate it. And, and yeah, looks like uh, uh, you have to look into the, the future in terms of what you've disclosed, but it seems like things are forming a base and turning around in Alberta. Oh, and God, we trust data. everybody else bring data. The data says that. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. We have a following question from Howard Lang with Veritas. Howard, please go ahead. Hi, thanks. Um, just uh, can, can you comment a bit on turnover and vacancy uh, by brand segment, especially in Calgary and Edmonton? Um, you know, given how I think you pointed out earlier that the walks rents are uh, are better than those by the PMHD, I was wondering how that how you saw you know the living segment versus the community segment. Uh, being affected by the competition? Oh, uh, um, the uh, living by far is the big um, success story. Affordability is, is, is really key, Howard. And, and looking at uh, move outs, again, we ask everybody to look at the data, uh, slide 40. And, and move outs are pretty well in line with what they have been in previous years and actually dropping, which is a reflection of the success of our team and retention. That's a real key focus. Uh, we have invested and worked tirelessly on increasing our retention, and it's working, and, and the data reflects our success. And we're doing everything we can to keep everybody in our communities, and especially in these times we're being Yoga flexible, stretching our legs behind our heads to make a renewal, and and it's working. It's you know it's a, it's a it's a reflection of the great team uh, that we have, and we get um, the, the net promoter scores <laughs> that we've been keeping track. It's a record net promoter score result. We get so many amazing reviews. Is I'm here because of James. I'm here because of Jeff. I'm here because, and, and our, our team is who our residents are here for. And that's why we focus in on our employee net promoter score. And, and I'm the, the um, um, uh, cover all trainee. I, I'm a trainee and asking our team, 
what am I missing? What are we missing as leaders? We work for our site teams and our site term teams work for our residents and our residents reward us with amazing results who in turn our shareholders and unit holders benefit. So it's a virtuous cycle is what it is. And it's working and it's a flywheel that's gaining momentum. And for all those good to great um, uh, readers, the flywheel is alive and well and it's gaining momentum. And it's tough to move a big, heavy flywheel from from the, the past where we were three, four years ago. It's been tough and we get all our team, all the credit, because our flywheel is spinning faster than it's ever been, and it's and it's not slowing down. It's gaining even more momentum. So, I, I've gone over my time limit. Sorry. No, no, it uh, it, it makes a lot of sense given the receipt. We are seeing rentals pick up. Um, on on your comment on the team, you know, I was wondering, you know, last a few years ago, you referenced that uh, Boardwalk had to hire a lot more associates um, to, uh, to, to basically, you know, stem the competition that was happening in the space. You know, now that we see a competition pick up a little bit more, do you anticipate having to, um, you know, hire a little more associates um, to, uh, to help with, with that competition? So, you know, we have to balance uh, technology and robotics with ethics. Again, uh, ESG. Uh, our, our in-house developed robot who uh, works 24-7, replies to leads automatically quicker than, than anybody else and, and, and doesn't get overtime or anything, is doing an amazing job. Are we going to be using more of that? Of course. We're going to balance and, and use technology. The question is, how do we make technology our slave, not the other way around? And so technology is great when it's used properly and, and effectively to enhance everybody's performance. It's, it's like the chess players with and without technology. The, the chess player with technology will always beat and has continued to beat the robot. And, and that's what we use technology. And so are we going to see more? No. Probably less is, you know, the, the trend. And again, the data is we're doing a lot more with a lot less because of technology improvements. We have to do that because everybody else is doing it as well. Everything is relative. So we explain and we ask our team, what do we want to be? Do we want to be Blockbuster, who didn't change? Or do we want to be Netflix? That's constantly changing. And everybody wants to be Netflix, wants to be a company that innovates, wants to be a company that's great. And greatness is in all of us, and that's what our purpose is, to be just that, great. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that, that's helpful. Um, and then just what, one last one for me. You know, on the, on the incentives part, um, I think uh, you disclosed in Q4, it was about 177 per door. You know, with, with rentals kind of exceeding move-outs, um, you mentioned that they would drop, but I guess for now they're still at around that level, um, you know, for these first few months. And and are you offering, given your comments about life living versus communities, are you offering more incentives in the community space uh, than living? Yeah, the community space clearly. When we invest in common areas, the in, in place occupied and the incentives are less. There there is data that reflects we are doing extremely well. 
when we do reposition in the right location, of course. It has to happen in the right location that, that uh, has that demand for that, um, uh, for that enhanced common area improvement. Slide seven clearly reflects a trend of declining incentives for new rentals. And so the data is clearly there and the occupancy that we're gaining will allow us to continue to reduce incentives for new rentals and incentives overall. And so our, our, the trend is, is our friend and, and the trend is showing and our data is showing that we will be able to reduce incentives uh, with this trend uh, in place. Just to add to that, Howard, uh, we can't reiterate enough our focus on retention, right? I mean, that, that is where uh, represents about 60 to 70% of our deal flow. Uh, and that's where we're uh, starting to see uh, that steady, sustainable incentive de decline. And as Sam points out on those leasing spreads on slide seven, you can clearly see that. We're going to continue to do that, targeting 20 30 $40 uh, reductions on our lease renewals. Okay, no, that's great. Thanks, guys. I'll turn it back. Thanks, Howard. Thank you. Your next question comes from Joanne Chen with BMO Capital. Joanne, please go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Joanne. Uh, just two quick ones from me. Um, on the CapEx side of things, how, how should we be thinking about um, the trend uh, for 2021? Very similar to what we saw in 2020, and we continue to find uh, savings in materials and parts and supplies. It, it, you know, the market continues to be extremely competitive and, and technology and innovation continues to, flooring prices, for example, Joanne, it just keeps on dropping and dropping and, and, and we're really open source and inspired by the, the tech community, which is a, a people-focused community and an open source um, community and and we're uh, uh, coming together as other community providers and like a buyers club uh, union uh, um, we're we're coming together and and uh, putting our buying power together uh, works great for Costco members it'll be it'll be great to work with up uh, Apartment community members. This concept is, is something that the U.S. is way ahead of us. There's large multifamily buyer groups in the U.S. that represent millions of units. And, and so this, this club, I guess you, you might say, is just starting with some, uh, with pretty well everybody that we call, other, other of our uh, uh, public and private uh, uh, friends. And uh, we're going to get even more savings. Uh, watch out, we're coming with big, big contracts. <laughs> and Sounds it's going to be a win-win, Joanne. It will be a win-win. Well, whatever, whatever we reduce in price, we'll make up in volume, though. So, again, win-win, win, always. Okay. I, I guess um, I know this is a little bit further out ahead, but in terms of your Victoria developments, um, I know a lot of it is uncertainty with the zoning and whatnot, but uh, what kind of sort of timeline should we be looking at? And I guess uh, maybe this might be a tough question to answer, but what sort of yields um, should, would you be targeting for the project to kind of move ahead? 
Yeah, it is pretty. It is pretty early, and again, so we're working through rezoning right now, and some different entitlements, and working with um, underwritings have built the consulting team um, for both projects. So it's pretty much, and again, it's so based on you know rents, and we're we're very early days, but probably about the four and a half to five. Pretty much what okay. the the deal will be. I, the build cycle, Joanne, and everyone around 12 months, that's the beauty with walk-up, and, and actually even even quicker than 12-month build cycles. Um, the permitting, um, soon. Uh, yeah, and again, the one site is zoned, and the other site that we're taking through rezoning right now. So there are different stages and staggered development projects, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, so we'll and, everybody okay. up. Yeah, and, and, the, and the equity capital is the value that we create exactly uh, similar to the successful walk-ups we built in Regina and Calgary, our equity capital is really the 30, 40% or 30% value that, uh, and actually 40 in some because costs have gone up so much. Um, mm -hmm. With time, uh, our, our value goes up and, and the value creation uh, goes up as a result and our equity goes up. And so that that's really the source of of our of our equity is 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 mostly what we create uh brampton for example we're building at around 500 a door average condo prices uh in brampton are over 700,000 a door so you know that's 200,000 on 700,000 that's that's a big equity that we've created mm -hmm. and realized so it's it's yeah. exciting to create and you know the value uh, add program that we have is in in the most competitive market in the country, uh, 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 gaining market share and and proving that we have the best value add program because it's no coincidence. There's no such thing. We have the best team that produces it. So uh, we're super excited with. The acquisitions we made in Cambridge and, and Waterloo Kitchener, incredible value creation, well ahead of our Performa budgeted NOIs, well ahead of it. And again, a reflection of the value add program we've really seasoned and, and curated over the last uh, several years. It's, it's a great recipe. It just kept, keeps getting better and better, and that's what our goal is, get better. Um, no, that's helpful, but I, maybe that segues kind of into my, uh, just the last one for me. Um, could you maybe talk to kind of the competitive dynamics that you're seeing now in um, primarily in Calgary and Edmonton? I know, you know, just like some of the headwinds that still, still hang. Um, would you say that, you know, you continue to take share given the attractiveness and affordability of your portfolio right now? Yeah, it's a tale of two markets, Joanne and everyone. The the competitiveness in the new Supply is very, very, uh, uh, very high, and and even in a very high competitive new market with our 160 units and and JB with RioCamp, for example, we're doing extremely well. We're heading uh, to about 65% um, occupancy. We're, we're very close to that or or there. Um, I haven't quite looked at Brio today, uh, so. So in the affordable living and communities brand, demand absolutely.
absolutely is, is increasing for us. Um, the, the market overall continues to add new supply. We continue to see completions in both Calgary and Edmonton. And, and the good news is there's uh, a lot less investment. There's a lot less enthusiasm to build even more supply in Calgary and Edmonton. And our advice is don't. We don't need any more supply in our province. Uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the focus we have to uh, uh, focus is, is is helping folks get into affordable housing and continue to focus in on, on maintaining that affordable stock and, and serving the increasing demand of, of afford, affordable, re, affordable housing that's required by residents today across Canada. And, and so that's where the demand is. That's where we are, are in the middle of. And it's, and it's really uh, well-serviced well-maintained, uh, well-designed, and, and engineered uh, product uh, that, that uh, is exceptional value for residents, and, and that's always in demand. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, okay, no, that's super helpful, and uh, that's it for me. Thanks, thanks very much, guys. I'll, I'll pass it back. Thank you so much, Joanne. Thank you. Your next question comes from Brandon Abrams with Canaco Genuity. Brandon, please go ahead. Hi, good morning, everyone, and uh, congrats on a on a strong 2020 uh, in light of you know COVID and the pandemic and all those uh, challenges. Thank you. Thank you. Um, maybe just I'm just trying to get a handle on uh, leasing for next year, and I guess one thing I always struggle with if I look at slide 43, the loss to lease statistics, it, there shows a significant I guess mark to market. Uh, opportunity within the Alberta portfolio, but then, you know, I, I take a look at slide seven, and it shows, uh, you know, spreads on new leases are, um, you know, are, are, are negative. So, you know, I understand 60 to 70 percent of leases, um, uh, new lease, you know, leases signed are renewals, but on the 30 to 40 percent, you know, just wondering for 2021, and obviously no one has a crystal ball, but, you know, do, do you do you expect um, there to be upticks in terms of, you know, what 40, slide 43 would suggest or, you know, um, maybe slight, slightly negative, which, you know, slide 7 might suggest. Hey, Brendan, it's James. Yeah, as you point out on slide 43, the biggest opportunity in Western Canada is incentives. And so as a result of that, we post both numbers here. We post the number on the left, which includes incentives, and the number on the right, which excludes incentives. For what we're seeing right now going forward into 2021, our our plan, our playbook is the same as we as we had in 2020 through the pandemic. It's all about those sustainable increases focused on retention. And so in this environment, you know, again, targeting those $20, $30, $40 incentive reductions on renewals, that's where we're seeing success and it's appropriate for this current environment. On new leasing, it is competitive out there. You saw it in the CMHC uh, data that was recent, recently released. There's a cost of acquisition for those new tenants, but as Sam pointed out earlier, revenue uh, revenue management or managing that revenue, you know, gaining that occupancy is the best way to manage that uh, for the first part of this year, and that's where you'll see the focus going forward. And so uh, on the incentive front, it's going to be that balance between what we're able to reduce on the renewals offset by uh, uh, what we may have to give uh, on new leases in the interim, 
right? And so as we start to see a little more velocity in terms of border and economic restrictions, that's what's going to set us up to, to get back to those larger incentive reductions going forward. Right. Okay, that's that's helpful. And um, maybe just, uh, you know, on the, uh, if we're taking a look at your urban and suburban portfolios, I, I don't know the exact split, you know, it might, you know, that it would be in Calgary and Edmonton, but are you seeing any differences? You know, have you seen any differences the last few quarters or, you know, even um, the beginning of 2021 uh, between, you know, leasing, you know, velocity within your more kind of urban assets versus your suburban assets? We have focused more on on redevelopment on our common areas in our urban communities. And as a result, our urban communities are improving and, and we're regaining market share in those locations. And so uh, we're seeing uh, improvement overall, both urban and suburban as a result of that. Okay, so no material differences uh, between the two portfolios? There, there, there is a stabilization uh, as we speak. There, there used to be. Uh, last year, there was. Uh, this year, we're seeing uh, a, a more uh, stabilization between our urban and our suburban because we focused a lot on retention and uh, um, common area improvements in our in our more urban Edmonton communities, and and made some adjustments as per our um, IFRS on, on market rents in our urban uh, communities uh, to be more competitive. And, and so those have all helped to restabilize the um, occupancy in both the urban and versus the suburban. Okay, that's helpful. And then uh, maybe just last question from me, the most important one. Sam, do you think there will be a Calgary stampede this summer and um, will you be hosting an investor day? For that well our theme in 2013 for the Calgary stampede exhibition and stampede was hell or high water there's gonna be uh, there's gonna be a stampede and so even even scientists believe and 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 we all um, we all have heard perception is our reality and when we believe it it creates a reality so yes we'll see you at the stampede <laughs> all right well I'm that's full as well. that reality everyone <laughs> thank you thanks thank you your next question comes from mario sarik with Scotiabank. mario please go ahead Hi, right, thank you. Uh, good morning. Uh, I realize we're we're pitching an hour here, it's over an hour. So just a couple of weeks to my end. Uh, for the quarter, I noticed that GNA picked up about 1.4 million versus Q3, and then direct operating costs came down a little bit uh, relative to my expectations, at least. Uh, I just want to clarify whether there's any accounting changes uh, during the quarter that would influence the uh, the balance between those two figures. Hi, Mario. It's Lisa. No, there was no accounting changes um, from Q3 to Q4. Uh, the increased administration expense uh, largely de deals with uh, year-end accruals, as we finalized based on uh, bonuses and profit share. So uh, based on improved results for Q4, that was a function of why that accrual was bigger going into Q4 for administrative expenses. 
Perfect. Okay. And then uh, you noted that you had three assets on the market. Uh, I guess it was in Edmonton. Uh, but just curious, with respect to Calgary, the, the CBRE survey that just came out last week noted about a 25 basis point increase in Calgary multifamily cap rates. Is that consistent with what you're seeing on the ground in terms of overall demand? Because it sounds like the, the demand is actually quite strong. So I'm just trying to understand yeah, so the, uh, the difference yeah, it's consistent, and again, um, cap rates um, are reported from various groups, private and public. Um, you know, there's there's different filters that everybody does use to to end on their number, but that would be a fair comment. Fair comment to say yes. Okay, uh, and then thirdly, you know, I think in terms of the Alberta outlook. You know, I think, you know, Sam, you noted that uh, you know, Calgary has been voted one of the top three or four places in the world to live by the economist. You mentioned affordability uh, several times, uh, clearly very affordable. Uh, outdoor living is more important these days post-COVID. Uh, that, that bodes well for Alberta. So a lot of good things uh, happening and, and positive trends. Uh, the federal government seems like they're uh, itching to get international immigration kick-started again through various initiatives. So that also bodes well for the province giving their lower supply per capita relative to other provinces. So the big question then comes to job growth. Uh, and it was touched on earlier in the call, but you know, with let's say the oil industry and, and the energy industry and a bit of transition as you pointed out to, and you've attended a lot of you know, business meetings with other constituents and whatnot on the ground, like if, if you have to point to one industry or two industries where you think that the market is underappreciating the job growth potential within the next 12 months, uh, what would that one or two industries be? And do you have any data that kind of supports the, the potential quantum of job growth in those two industries? Uh, health, uh, our health uh, industry is, is massive. Um, infrastructure. Uh, that's you know that's a global uh, growth um, area for investment as well, and 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 so those those are, are and and really the work from home, Mario is a is a big movement um, because we heard from the uh, unicorn CEOs uh, the work from home super super helpful, and 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 so. It, it's a it, it's a real um, lesson in the in, especially in the last year where where we have seen uh, as 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 a, a a global community how closely we're connected and when somebody sneezes in some place in the planet our whole planet can shut down and so this conversation of how closely we are connected came up with the unicorn CEOs and. And how important it is to focus in on on attracting all types of talent, not just full stack developers, because a full stack developer will need a CFO, will need accounting, will will need uh, cleaning services in the office, and and the flexibility, uh, the work from home ability will need affordable housing, and and so the ecosystem is what the tech world talks about ecosystems and. And, and more and more uh, governments and communities are, are learning about the importance of this ecosystem and how, how 
every we all have to come together as a country. We really do, and and work on real positive reasons and make it super simple. That's you know that's the big lesson of technology: kiss and easy. Keep it super simple and easy. So if we make it really simple to come to Canada and and grow in Canada and, and innovate and succeed in Canada, uh, words out. We're already doing that. And so this this um, uh, uh, data as far as population, words out. Alberta's doing that because the population data, according to stats, can clearly clearly reflects. As Albertans, word is getting out because Alberta, as per stats can, is growing more than anywhere else in Canada. So all those factors we talked about is absolutely working as reflected by the data. And so we we need to get more of that information out. And again, as Albertans, we are proud Canadians, first and foremost. And and that's who who Albertans are. And, And that's and that's how we all have to be as Canadians. And the more we come together as a country, you know, the, the vaccine producers and innovators here in Calgary, we have a vaccine company in Calgary that as Canadians, we have to all be really grateful for and support. So there's all sorts of great things happening here. The diversity and the data, the economic data clearly reflects a much more diverse economy in Alberta. And every time we go through an energy cycle, our economy gets much more diverse. And we're more diverse statistically as per the job data than we've ever been. And we're going to continue to be because the mother of invention is necessity. Okay, my, my last question just on uh, on the guidance uh, and kind of wanting greater visibility. Uh, in order to provide it, uh, am I correct in saying that the greater visibility is more on the top line revenue side of the equation as opposed to expenses, or is it both on the top line as well as uh, kind of wild cards in the expense category that has been possible now? Hey, Mario, it's James. Uh, look, at, at the end of the day, we are still in a pandemic here. Um, you know, from from an expense item standpoint. You know, good news. Uh, I would I would actually argue that we have better visibility than we did, uh, you know, this time last year for 2020. And specifically, you know, I'd point to property taxes, right? You remember this time last year we talked a lot about property taxes and ended up seeing you know double-digit tax increases in some of our municipalities. Really good news for 2021. We're not anticipating that. Um, as far as the other expense line items go, uh, again, I mean, uh, in, in the context of what we're seeing right now, we're seeing more inflationary increases with the exception of maybe insurance uh, as a specific line item. But on the revenue front, you know, uh, our playbook for 2021, like I said earlier, is going to be very similar to what we, what we did in 2020 and how we ended up uh, with growth through 2020, that focus on retention, that focus on gaining occupancy. But let's face it, we are in a pandemic. And so... Uh, in the meantime and in between time, we'll continue with our uh, increased transparency and disclosure with regular updates to our stakeholders. And as economic and border restrictions ease, that will give us uh, uh, the ability to, to reintroduce that guidance. Okay. Great. Thank you for your time, everyone. Thanks, Thank Mario. you, Mario. Thank you. There are no further questions at this time. You may proceed. Thank you, operator. Before we end the call, 
our annual and ESG report will be published in March and take a more environmentally friendly, interactive, digital approach. As always, if there are any questions or comments, please do not hesitate to contact us. With gratitude, we'd like to thank our amazing team of heroes, our great leaders, loyal residents, CMHC, our lenders, and all our stakeholders. It really is all about our amazing team of heroes whose huge shoulders we stand, and as leaders, we continue to do everything we can to support continued growth and excellence. We really can't thank our amazing team and great leaders enough. We are pleased with our improving results on a foundation of exceptional value we continue to provide our resident members, our investors, and all our stakeholders. Our home is much more than a place. The future is family, where love always lives. What more important when choosing where to call home? Thank you again, everyone, for joining us this morning, and may God bless us all with continued healing, health, and peace through all times. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.